Welcome to another podcast derived from the Rotary Radio Show in Melbourne. This can be heard on community radio station 3WBC 94.1 FM on Fridays between 6 and 8 p.m. In this podcast, David Proud is in conversation with John McCaskill about an ongoing project with Burundara Cares and a new idea he has. Well, John McCaskill, welcome back to the Rotary Radio Show. Uh, thank you, David. Lovely to be back. Oh, we're always pleased to have you, John. Now, uh, just before we get into too much detail, could you just give us a little background to what is Burundara Cares? I can. It's, um, Burundara Cares is... Um, a combination of the eight Rotary Clubs in Burundara uh, with key partners like Swinburne and the uh, Burundara City Council. Yep. Now, uh, how long has Swinburne been part of the group? Uh, well, really informally uh, for probably three years. Oh, okay. And um, it's just a very strong partnership with yeah. helping with a whole lot of things, really. Yeah. And uh, you've got all the access to their researchers and uh, their equipment, etc. They've been great. Their, their principal, uh, or the, the uh, Chancellor, is very keen to get uh, students involved with the community. And, oh, that's a great. Uh, she really is encouraging um, them, their involvement. And, uh, in fact, even next week we've got a, a meeting with students there on uh, Thursday night yeah. who want to be involved in community stuff with Rotary. So the eight Rotary clubs are presenting at Swinburne. Oh, that'll be fantastic. It is great. Yeah, yeah. No, they're yeah. very, very um, supportive. How long has this been going, the Burundara Cares? Um, it's been going for about uh, nearly just short of 10 years now. You said and it had something to do with drought in the early it days. It started off with uh, the Moira Shire who were having terrible drought problems. And yeah. Uh, Peter Allen was the initiator and he was present there with the, the, the then mayor of uh, Burundara yeah. uh, up at Moira supporting his uh, colleague up there and um, a farmer came in and I had the bank, local bank manager there too a farmer came in, threw down the keys said take my farm and broke down and uh, that was that was really the start. They said we've got to do something about this. And yeah. So they got involved with uh, stock for the uh, for their uh, livestock, food. Yeah. Uh, and brought the families down, took them to the footy, and you know, showed a bit of love for them. And uh, that was really how Burundara Care started. Yeah. And of course, since then, it's now moved on to, uh, as I see it, as a catalyst between the eight clubs to come up with projects, in inverted commas. Is that... That's clear? true, yeah. I mean, yeah, we often say we, Burundara Cares doesn't do projects, but they try to work together with clubs and get clubs to work together right. to support and strengthen their projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for that uh, bit of a quick overlook of uh, Burundara Cares. Now... You're, we've had you on this radio sh- show, I think, twice before. Biggest for punishment, David. <laughs> well, we're always like to have you on, as I said earlier, John. Um, and if I tried to summarise it, this was a program to help those that are disengaged in the community to become re-engaged. 
That's now, true. How, how's that project gone? Uh, much slower than I'd like it to. Um, but that's Why rotary. Is that? <laughs> oh, partly, I think it's rotary. Um, or is it just the sheer enormity of the project? Well, it is a big project. Yeah. Uh, we call it OWL because, as you know, Rotary yeah. loves its acronyms, and OWL is on with life, which is oh, okay. almost like a reinvention of what you might recall the Life Be In It campaign. Oh, okay. That goes back a little way. Goes back quite a way. And um, so the purpose, of course, is to people who don't have a sense of purpose to get them involved in things within yeah. the community that would interest them. Yeah. And so uh, we've devised a website, uh, the OWL website, yeah. as part of the Burundara Cares website. So, that so it's a subset of the Burundara Cares? Yes, care. it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. One, it's one of the key platforms of Burundara Cares. Yeah. yeah. So if we uh, got any of our listeners, what do they have, have to sort of type in? Burundara Cares? Back yes, just, just, just if you just do a Google search on Burundara Cares Foundation, yeah. that'll take you through to that website. And then there's a, a link through to social isolation, which is what Dow is all right, about. Right, right. So, okay, uh, what's the next big challenge with the project, uh, John? Uh, that I would love to find somebody um, who could volunteer their services and do website maintenance. Uh, oh, okay. And, uh, and somebody who could not only maintain the website, but help us with all the links through to... Various like things, yeah. Community centres, Salvos, uh, yeah. Camberwell uh, networks, um, and so we can link into their websites, yeah. make sure all the material is current, uh, yeah. and make sure that it's appropriate, etc. So somebody with those skills would be very helpful. We've got uh, everything set up in place for that to happen. Yeah, all right. Well, anybody out there who hears this, if they email me, uh, david.proud at 3wbc.org.au we'll pass that straight on to John and, and it's not going to be a huge task it's yeah. something they could do you know, voluntarily for several hours a week yeah mm. okay now I'm in conversation with John McCaskill from Burundara Cares and you had a bit more to say about um, Al well yeah, just I was just going to make the point that um, I originally thought it would be mainly people of my own generation right. uh, who you know, retired or sold a business. And, and I quickly realised there's a lot of isolated people, particularly women, who can't have, get back to the workplace after having a family. Yeah. And, and young kids who you know, are isolated without a group of friends, etc. So it's really across all the generations. And whilst our is designed for that, the mm. council... Um, have just brought out a mail, or they haven't released it yet, they're about to release it next yeah. month with, uh, uh, in September, uh, a new website for senior people. Oh, okay. So the, uh, the OWL website will, in fact, for the senior people, refer back to the link with council, and we'll be more concerned with the other two generations. Yeah. Mm. I remember a, a talk given by, all oh, probably three people back who was um, CEO of Health Victoria and he lamented uh, the fact that so many parents drop their kid, school kids off at school uh, pick them up in the, when they finished school and the kids had no way other than with school kids of interacting yeah. when I talk, think of my two daughters who are now in their 
late thirties, forties. Uh, I know one of the daughters took five trams to get to school yeah. because of the people she met along the way. <laughs> it became part of their social network. And there's just <coughs> so much benefit with the crossing of the generations, you know, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, getting them involved in with uh, the older generation, mentoring, helping them with advice, yeah. and of course the, the older people get the benefit of the enthusiasm yeah. and the initiatives of the kids. So it's a, it, there's a lot of mutual benefit there. Yeah, yeah. All right, I can't wait any longer for your new obsession, uh, John. So what is it? Well, everybody tells me that I always seem to have an obsession of some kind, David, but uh, it's beekeeping. Oh, okay. And uh, it started, uh, like everybody, uh, listening to David Attenborough and watching documentaries. Yes, yeah. You know how in life anybody says... Einstein said something, you immediately think it's got to be right. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I remember that David Attenborough said that Einstein said that if the bee population died off today, the yep. world as we know it would be very, very different within a few years. No, yeah, that's absolutely right. And that right. really got my attention. So I, I actually spoke to Bronwyn Stevens, who's our district yes, governor, yes. as you know, and I said, why can't we as a district, Rotary district, uh, get the model right by involving clubs and having more hives, growing the right plants to attract them. Yeah. And if we get the model right, it can go to other districts. And then Rotary is probably the only organisation internationally that has the infrastructure to do, to do something about it. And, yeah. you know, it's a huge <clears throat> problem, more yeah. so in America and, and of course, uh, Europe yeah. with the uh, viruses. Uh, and the little bugs that some yeah, the insecticides are. and the virus yeah. you know, have, have really devastated the bee population. Yeah. So yeah. we're not as badly affected here, but we still are affected. And we think if we get the model right. It, there's no reason why it can't be a rotary action group that goes right through rotary. Yeah. Now, how does this relate back to? The isolation, social isolation. It, it has some relevance because we think there's probably quite a few people out there who are looking for a sense of purpose, yeah. uh, who would love to get involved in something like beekeeping. Uh, and one of we've got a, a, at our club, and I should give it a plug, David. But yeah. it's uh, on the 20th of August at our club at Canterbury. We've got uh, John Sipek from the city of Mooney Valley. Oh, yeah. He's the mayor, and they've done some fantastic things with beekeeping. He's going to talk about the international problem, what they're doing in Mooney Valley. Yeah. And then Faye Kirkwood, who's the current president at Crawfield, right. yeah. is going to talk about the joy of being a beekeeper uh, with her oh, club in Doncaster. That's going to be a mighty uh, uh, talk. It's going to be a big night, yeah. yeah. We're, and we're going to have honey tasting and... Uh, my wife Liz is doing a uh, beehive cake as a prize for one of the things oh, we're doing. So this is getting mega. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a huge night. And uh, so that's the latest obsession. And I think that people make, see that there is a joy in beekeeping and it could give them a sense of purpose. Yeah. And, and a worthwhile outcome, the product of that, that being honey. There are just so many cross benefits. And within Rotary, of course, yeah. men's shed can get involved in making the beehives. Right. And also, oh, point. John showed me that a children's beehive that they're putting into primary schools to teach yeah. kids about bees. And 
why couldn't they make them as well? Is it? And then planting the right plants to attract bees. And, and it's like the domino effect, and all these people getting involved, you know. It really is, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very exciting thing, and yeah, pollination of crops, of course, uh, more oh, important in the country districts than, yeah, than yeah. here, but it's still very important here. Yeah. Well, I do recall seeing a couple of articles in the local uh, nationals, like the Australian and the Age, about with these apartment buildings now, they're putting rooftop gardens. Rooftop gardens. And, and one of the key components of that is, in fact, beehives to yes, sort of yes. pollinate the... Amazingly, the bees have a radius from their hive of about 8Ks. As much as that? Yeah, so they go, they can go, in the, even in the city areas, they can go into the gardens yeah. and and pollinate. So it's a fascinating subject. I, yeah. I'm starting to sound like an expert, but I'm far from it. But yeah. I, I find it fascinating. So what got you hooked on bees? Well, um, I've always been interested in how insects uh, organise them. Right. Ants are another one. You know, oh, yeah, yes. The way they have their colonies organised. It's always fascinated yeah. me. But uh, what got me involved was the seriousness of the international situation. And the thought that perhaps it's something that Rotary could do internationally alongside with all the work that's been done on polio eradication, etc. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's an amazing thought. Nothing it? wrong with thinking big, is it? No. And, I, and uh, it, it's qu- quite simple. I mean, you don't need a lot of infrastructure to do it. Uh, you need the equivalent of men's shed, don't you? Uh, yeah. A few other people just to get together. And that would be ongoing contact with the hives which would be a, a, a nice sort of social aspect to it as well a lovely thing to do and um, if you think about it if every rotary club had three members who put hives in uh, yeah. and the number of rotary clubs on nearly 80 in our district multiply that out to Australia you know, that, that makes a difference yeah and there is a bit of a shortage of honey in Australia at the minute so it could yeah. help that yes yeah, yeah. So, and the other thing is, we rather than reinvent the wheel, we want to work alongside those who are already there in beekeeping clubs with all their expertise and knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And they can work alongside the Rotarians and help them. Now, John, tell us a little bit more about the Rotary Club of Canterbury. Yes, well, it's going well. It's um, a very active club, as you well know. Yeah. And uh, the key... I suppose international project, of course, is the Philippines. They're about to go there again to do eye testing and ear testing. That Um, has really become a mega project. Incredible project. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those that go there are quite moved when they see somebody hear or see for the first time. Yeah, yeah. um, But So that's that's a key thing. And along with that, we've got um, a food packaging program, which is... uh, again, for third world countries. and uh, Emergency sort of supplies. It is, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which again is incredible. You know, and uh, Doug Hawley, who you know, is the yeah. prime mover in both of those. And, yeah. uh, but we, we love the food packaging because we can involve companies, local companies, who involve their staff. So what is this sort of goes into this food package? Oh, sort of rice, lentils, you know, it's dry food that... Um, yeah, right, and so it will store well. Yes, it? it's sort of like an assembly line where you fill bags with different uh, components. Right. That stores well, and, um, you know, and we did one at the conference down at Warrnambool, and I think there was just short of 10,000 food packs. 
Well, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. And right. each package will feed a family yes. for a day. Is yeah. it? Uh, well, I'm not sure of how long, but at least that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's a, and it's a lovely thing to do, to, to work together with other people on an assembly line. Yeah. You have a lot of fun. It's a bonding exercise. And companies yeah. quite like it because it's good for staff morale and all that. So, yeah. it sends all the right messages. Yeah. So, what number of people would anybody need to sort of get involved in packaging? Oh, well, we're, we're going out talking to companies and uh, probably uh, between 20 and 30 people. Okay, well, that should, with uh, larger companies, very easy to do. Yes, yes, and yeah. it's, um, they, they see it as, uh, you know, look, most companies these days have a, a corporate uh, uh, heart. Yes, 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 that's right. And uh, they, they find that it's very beneficial that way too. It's not bad for, for the image of the company, and it yeah. means that they become an employer of choice with their environment. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, so, when does Canterbury Rotary meet? We meet Monday evenings, um, 6.30. Yeah. Uh, generally. 6 for 6.30. 6 for 6.30, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, and it's generally, you know, by about 8 o'clock, we're well and truly on our way. But, uh, yeah. Um, I always think the sign of a good rotary club is when it finishes, people are still there and there's a buzz of, you know, conversation. That's and they the, don't want to leave. <laughs> that's the case with our club. Yeah, yeah. It's a very friendly, welcoming club, yeah. I was very uh, astounded to learn from a friend of mine who spent the last 20 years in America, the USA, and uh, there's very few dinner clubs in America, or certainly down North Carolina area. Mainly lunch. And breakfast. Yeah, yeah. And there's a handful of Saturday morning clubs. That's interesting, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so that's quite a different approach. Very different, yeah. Uh, so I don't quite see, uh, you know, how you'd get the sort of fellowship going if you uh, didn't well, have a bit more time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could, in my corporate life, I would always find it hard to commit to a lunch one, one day yes, a week. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know where you're going to be. That's right, yeah. yeah. But yeah. evening is much easier, I think. Yeah. And last but not least, we should uh, mention uh, the Canterbury website, uh, which is canterburyrotary.org, no AU. And have a look at that, and it's got uh, all sorts of things, including some podcasts from this Rotary show. And upcoming events like the bees. And upcoming events like the bees. Okay, John, well, once again, thank you very much. And uh, I've got a feeling this bee project might be going places. Hopefully we'll talk about it again, David. Thanks for the chance. Okay, thanks, John. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts can be found on District 9800 website and also on Apple iTunes if you search in the podcast section for Doing Good in Victoria. This was produced and presented by David Proud.